0: Zippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast, I'm Shane Todd, it's the solo Friday episode and I'm gonna be honest, like some sort of mad rebel, I've got my feet up, I put my feet up just at the start of this podcast and I'm a little bit pissed off at myself because the chair that I'm resting my feet on is slightly too far away for it to be comfortable but I've committed to doing it so we're just gonna keep it there. We're just gonna dig in, put a smile on our faces, and uh, and pretend we're comfortable when we're not. Yeah, it's better, guys. It's the solo episode. It's what we do on a Friday. We have a guest on the Wednesday episode last week. We had Jimmy Lee O'Donnell from Dairy Girls, which went down very well. People seem to really enjoy that. And uh, and next week, who is our guest? I don't know yet, but I will sort it out. I will sort it out. I was about to say what's everybody been at, but I feel like I know what you've been at, and it's the same as me, and it's absolutely bugger all. I mean, not much is, not much is happening. Conversation is drying up, you know, because you got to check in on people and make phone calls. But you, you, you're, we're all running out of stuff to say. You know, I mean, I've started making stuff up. Like whenever I phone my parents, you know, They're like how are you getting on, and then they go, "Good, how are you?" That's what I've now started to lie. lying. Like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, sweet, I am. Um, even got attacked there by a by a walrus you know and, and then they're like what how you know you live on land and that's when I just go into like you know half our story just it's something to talk about you know and I miss I miss lying back in the day you know like school days whenever people just told really silly lies for no reason like I was chief culprit in primary school of like tall tales to get out of a situation. You know, you didn't need the, you know, loads of situation Teacher would go, um, have you got your homework? And you would go, nah, I forgot to do it. That That's that's all you need to say. Not this guy right here. Shane, have you got your homework? No, see, here's the thing. I, I was going to do it. Like, I sat down to do it because I love doing homework. And then you're not going to believe this. But actually what happened was... Steven Seagal, and they stopped me and go, look, if this is a lie, you, you should just stop. And I go, no, I swear Steven Seagal called in my house because my dad used to play 5 aside side with it." And they're like, the Hollywood actor, the action star, Steven Seagal. I go, yes, he played 5 aside side with my dad and they had um been up at the driving range nicking golf balls up the back of it. And Steven Seagal realised he... Taking too many, so he was returning a couple of balls to my dad, and uh, and then he t- and then and then he took me out in his banana boat. You know that that's the level I was. You didn't need to do it. Like everyone knew you were bullshitting, but I like that back in the day when people just did this. Hey, my best mate Stevie, right? I have a couple. I have, I have three best mates, Dave Elliott, Stevie, and John. So some I just some people there. If I say best mate, will probably send this clip to Dave and be like, "Thought you were his best mate." Dave is one of my best mates, right? But my best mate Stevie, who's my I would call him my oldest best friend because he he actually age wise is older than the other two. But that's besides the point. We were talking about this years ago about like people that used to just lie back in the day, and he told me about this guy that we know in Hollywood. And Stevie went to primary school with this guy, and this guy, like, used to look bullshit all the time. And Stevie said, this kid had, in, like, a school shirt, this is, like, P5, P6, when they were, what, I don't know, 9 or 10. Stevie's like, this guy, you know? I went, yeah. He goes, he, put, he, he had, like, a pen in the top pocket of his shirt. And you know the way, like, the bit of the pen that hangs over the shirt is, like, the clip, you know, like... The, the pen clip and it's just like a wee silver or, or gold bar. Well, this guy had like a novelty pen and it was a wee toothbrush. And uh, apparently the teacher was like, here, can you take that out of your pocket? Because it's not like school uniform, you know, take it off. And he goes, ah, uh, my dad got 2,000 of these. And the teacher went, what, pens with the clips? And he's like, yeah. He goes, they're actually wee toothpastes. No, they weren't wee toothpastes. All right? There was nothing in them. But just to emphasise his point, and I don't know why this has stuck with me for so many years, but Stevie goes to emphasise his point, but everyone also knew he was lying. The guy held, in like P 6 the guy held the pen up to his nose and went, ah, minty fresh. No, the pen didn't smell of anything, but he thought that if he pretended it smelled like toothpaste, people would think it was toothpaste, but nobody thought it, would, it was toothpaste. And I'm really tempted to, to ask Stevie, right, I'm going to ask Stevie, If I can really quickly phone him on the podcast, he might not be up for it because, like, you know, he's not like a comedian; he's just like a real, he's just like a real man. Um, But there was another story about that guy from primary school that I really, really, really enjoyed. Can I phone you on the podcast just to show I haven't set this up to ask you to tell to ask you to tell a story? Uh, okay, he'll be really like, me. what is it, what is it, no, he'll, he'll have loads of questions, which to be fair you would if someone's like, come on my podcast, but I really hope he does because there was some other stories about that particular guy that just always made me laugh. Like wee details like that, like, ah, minty fresh, that really, really, really stays with me. And just bullshitting in general, like, Jay, the reason I think Jay from the Inbetweeners is such a brilliant comedy character is because we all either were that person or knew somebody who was. Like every, like everyone used to lie about girls as well. Oh, I have a girl up in Bangor. What? Because back in the day you thought other places that weren't where you live were so far away that nobody would ever check it. Oh, I ain't going out with six girls up in fucking Moluska. <laughs> you know, Moluska is just car garages. There's no houses there, but nobody knew that back then. Just just bullshitting, here's one I really got myself into, whenever I was about 15 or 16, too old to be like, just fucking, just bullshitting, I was in Mallorca, and I was away on holiday with a couple of mates, who had a house out there, and yeah, I must have been 16, so it was like the first time I went away, like by myself, and um, and I, I went away, and I saw that these guys were playing football, in a wee, like, indoor tennis court slash football pitch, near where our apartment was, and I went over to the guys that were running it, it was like these, like, middle-aged Scottish guys, and I said, here, would would I be able to play? And they went, yeah, no problem. And for absolutely no... This is the first time I ever just came out with one of these absurd, for no reason, tall tales, For no reason when they said, yeah, you can play, I went, oh, I actually uh, used to play for Man City. Now, why I thought that was watertight is because I support Man United and I I thought it was was too obvious to say Man United. And I was like, just say Man City. And I said, oh, I used to play for Man City. I think part of it is I was an only child. And I did this in my stand-up show a couple of years ago. I told the honestly true story. ...that I didn't know the phrase was only child... ...and thought it was lonely child... ...up until I was about 24. What? I'd been going... I'd been... Think about how tragic that is. I'd spent my whole life going around... ...when people said... ...do you have any brothers or sisters? I would go... ...no... ...I'm a lonely child. You know, there's just something really sad about that. You And... ...then I, I now have a brother and sister... ...you know, like whenever I was about 15... Um, my my mom had a brother and sister for me, and I remember even then going to people. I used to be a lonely child, and then my mummy, um, and my stepdad had a had a wee, a wee boy and girl. So I have a brother and sister now, but that made it sound like I was lonely until they came along, and now I just hang about with them, you know. And there's nothing weirder than back in the day that like guy in his late teens. Who was hanging out with 11, 12 year olds. Like there was nothing usually pervy about it, but even so, you're like, man, what are you doing? You know, a guy just with his R plates down, hanging out with full on P7s. It's just always very, very weird. And he always seemed to have like slightly hair hair that was slightly too long, like over either hair that was over his ears, or the the other weird extreme, which is he um his sideburns were way too high. You know, which is the sign of a fucking weirdo, but mmm. That's jet. Gen- that's a great cup of tea. That is a great cup of tea. And also, there's a t- there's a table down beside me. If you were watching last week's episode, I went to put my tea down beside me, realized the table wasn't there, and I ended up uh, like Delboy falling through the bar. So I I text Stevie and asked him to come on the podcast, tell a story. Now he may well not do it because um, he um, has just had a little baby, so he might he might be doing real things. But I really hope he can come on and tell this what will be an underwhelming story, although he is typing. I guarantee he has questions. Hold on. I mean, I've said Oh, okay, he's got he's got the baby sleeping. Okay, mate. Another time. Yeah, that'll be fun. I used to actually do this podcast with my mate Stevie, who has never done stand up before, just, you know, works like a a very normal job. And um we we used to do the podcast together and that was about five years ago, maybe more, and then I started doing the Shane Talk. It was just always different versions of the podcast. But whenever I did it with the, with him, I think people really liked it, although but it wasn't a big time for podcasts in general back then. So I think I put like two episodes out and they got thirty four listens and I went, Fuck this shit. I'm retiring from podcast. But um I'll maybe see if Stevie wants to do one in general, because some people do still say to me, why do you not just do them with your mate Stevie? Um, so maybe I'll do that. What I'm going to do in the episode today is waffle, ramble, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to talk about some TV stuff I've been watching in a second. Then um, then I'm going to do listeners' questions. I'm going to spend about half an hour doing listeners' questions. Um, before I move on, though, let me just plug the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash podcast. I'm going to be doing way more on Patreon, like... Every comedian I know is. You know, like Colin Geddes just put his S S E Arena film on his Patreon. Dave has been putting um, stand-up clips out in his for, I think, maybe a couple of months now. Putting some videos up. So um, I'm going to put some more stuff on there. We do the the bonus podcast every week. Me and producer Dan, who just texts me there to say, um, how's it going? You know, so uh, I think... Uh, how's it, how's it going, all good, (laughs) yeah, so, yeah, he said, how's the podcast going, I'll just go, all good, doing it now, so, um, so maybe Dan's like, hey man, how about you send me that audio, so uh, I can go to sleep, you know, which is entirely reasonable, but, um, but yeah, I'll put more stuff out in the Patreon, maybe some videos, that I haven't put up anywhere, like I've got some stand-up videos, edited, that I need to put out, and, um, i put out a video today that i which is yesterday for you listening now i put out a video that um i wasn't planning to do i'm trying to plan my videos as best i can at the minute but i put up a video um where i'm saying what are you at mate and you know it's just a guy who gradually just gets more literal about what he's doing like he's just like oh just existing mate on planet earth the re if, if you've seen that video The reason, or the inspiration for that video is real. I walked past two groups of guys. There was a guy and his mate. And then they walked past another fella and his dad. And they obviously knew each other. And me and my wife were walking past this. All happened at exactly the same time. And this guy went, Oi, what are you at? And his mate shouted back, Just walking. You know, and the guy could see that he was walking you know, his mate who asked what he was at could see he was walking, but the guy was like, just walking, and he goes, you getting it tight? And his mate goes, aye. And it was just clear, they had absolutely nothing to talk about. They had absolutely nothing to talk about, and that got me thinking, let me do this sketch, where one guy really wants his mate to tell him something, but his mate has nothing to tell him. So that's that's where that sketch came from. And then I did a sketch with Aaron Butler today, we filmed it, I think it'll go out, Today, the day you listen to it, and, um, hey, who am I? The doc from Back to the Future? Why Why am I getting my present, past, and um, future mixed up? I don't know, it took me way too long to think of uh, of the third thing there, which is future. But let me take a sip of tea. Mm. Oh man, that's good. So yeah, me and I, oh shit, let me, oh no, I need to plug my charger into my, laptop but do i even have the laptop charger oh my god this is such terrible podcast content but i mean it's just real life isn't it it's just real life lads let me plug this in oh my god this is a podcast first no one's ever done this on a podcast before also really cool if anyone's just tuning in at this exact moment and they're like so what does he do in the podcast oh he just like he plugs things in and all There we go, crisis averted. I think producer Dan has just texted me there to say that uh, he's just started watching Line of Duty. Just started watching Line of Duty, so if it's as good as everyone says it is, I may not be able to edit the podcast next week. I mean, I like a man who's just honest, you know? Mother of God. That's a quote for Line of Duty, but also great that I'm out of breath, putting my charger in. I mean, I exercise every single day and I'm getting way more unfit. Um, yeah, Line of Duty is absolutely fantastic. I think you'll get addicted to it. First series of Line of Duty, I think probably the best, but I'm a, I'm a nut, like I'm a fan of every episode, every series, but I really like the first one. Um, I said I was going to talk a little bit about what I'm watching at the minute, and the number one show I'm watching at the minute, so smacked Out, Money Heist. And when I say smacked Out, I mean I don't mean like there's smex in it, or it's made by smex. Action, bro you know <laughs> cut there fuck's sake <laughs> I'd love that I would absolutely wouldn't it be great if you found out some people were smicks but you just didn't know it like Steven Spielberg so Steven whenever you made E.T uh, that must have been a really big deal for you because it's a real cult film Eyes oh, he's a fucking I <laughs> oh, see when I first saw him I was like that's fucking weird he's a wee alien all a big finger um, Money Heist. The reason they had Smex out is smicks seem to absolutely love it. Cormac, uh, Cormac McDermott, aka the Barrack Boy, put up a status last week about them. Um, why? Why do all? Why do all tell you to watch Money Heist? And it was then I clicked on. Even though I'm halfway through Money Heist, I was like, yeah Smex would absolutely love this show. Like for sure, they would love this show. People are stealing. First of all." And they're stealing money out of a bank, and it's like, fuck the system as well. And it's also, like, Spanish, and also, diddies, mate. You know, so that's kind of like, that's kind of like the SMIC dream, is uh, a program about nicking things and diddies. <laughs> money house good. It's like a Spanish series. It's on Netflix, but it's dubbed. And I never, like, I never would have thought I'd be into that sort of thing, you know, because I don't really like stuff that's dubbed. You know, it just reminds me of like Jackie Chan films back in the days before my man Jackie learned English. You know, when like he'd be on a real delay and it was voiced over by a guy. I feel like it was voiced over by an American actor who was putting on a Chinese accent, which was very slight and, and, and vaguely racist. But Jackie Chan would be like he'd be he'd be already have been talking for seven minutes. And then it was always something like way too short. You know, like Jackie Chan would be like shouting at some guy. And he'd be going for hours, he'd be like... And then all all the translation would be is, move. You know, but it, but Jackie had been talking for 17 minutes. Oh man, I like Jackie Chan, Rumble in the Bronx, what a great film, I had that in VHS. Wore the thing out. <laughs> Rumble in the Bronx, great stuff. Um, yeah, Money Heist is really good, it's dubbed and I wouldn't have thought I'd like that. But after, after like an episode or two, you stop realising that it's dubbed. You know what I mean? Like you don't really think about it. And I like that it, there's Spanish people in it. And I like that they can't really say their Vs. And I like that we can say that because it is a bit racist. But they're also white. You know, so it's like, so no one's kicking off about that. No one's like, oh my God, you're so fucking anti-European. <laughs> you can do any accent in the world as long as the people are the same colour as you. And everyone's fine about it. Everyone's fine about it. In this, one of the characters is called Salva, right? He's called Salva, but everyone in it calls him Salva. Salva, right? Not Sal. It should be Salva. They call him Salba, And I think that's really, really funny. And I enjoy it in the episode. If anything else has a V in it, and some of the actors say B. You know, I really enjoy that. Whenever like, no one says this, but when someone's like, I just got these flowers. Who has a bass? Not funny. Oh my God, you're so attractive. Let me see your vagina. I mean, it's lockdown banter, isn't it? Like, it's not, it's not funny outside of lockdown. That's when I see they extend another three weeks. I'm like, yes, that's responsible. And also, some of this stuff will appear a bit funnier because as soon as lockdown's over, if I said vagina... You you wouldn't enjoy it as much because you're fucking enjoying it now. Let me tell you. Maybe I. Maybe I get to. Maybe I get to see your vagina. Funny. I'm trying to think of other things to begin with V. And I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I think we picked a vagina, and I think maybe maybe we call this episode See Your Vagina I don't know, we'll see might put some people off Some, you know, because the association with tea drinkers is they're very Presbyterian and I'm aware we might have some Presbyterian listeners in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Arlene herself was a big fan mm. by the way, that was me going mm, for the tea, not the thought of Arlene Foster um, listening or watching the podcast I mean, fair play to her if she does no problem, I mean, we're we're all welcome here Regardless of um, regardless of political position or um, or beliefs, you know there's de- I mean what's enjoyable for me is the thought that you know, <laughs> of course, there's gonna be like a lot of pro-gay marriage people listening. you know, I love that. there's gonna be there's gonna be quite a few gay guys and girls <laughs> listening. Which is great. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of bisexual guys like fucking really enjoying this podcast. There's gonna be some bisexual girls getting involved as well, you know. But as well as that, there's gonna be one or two real nasty homophobic pieces of shit watching and listening to this podcast, and even me saying that won't put them off because they know themselves. You know, they're just like, yeah, oh yeah, fucking, I hate it. I enjoy it, I enjoy the fact that maybe after this we all get together, we do a live episode of Tea With Me, we get the bisexual guys with all the gay guys, the homophobic guys, and we just drink a load of tea and at the end of it, you know, there's a lot of kissing. I don't know who's kissing who, but it's just one of those things where probably the lights go off for a couple of minutes and we just um, we just freeze time, I don't know, and then we, d- we all do the men in black thing after, you know. Um, do we do for they have that makes you forget what's just happened um i wonder are guys still like dogging. you know i wonder what the policy on that is because it's cheeky enough as it is like are they really gonna let lockdown and end that pastime you know like the guys who take their dogs out for a walk you know wink wink but don't have dogs um but have the leads um i don't know also i've got a really i don't know if it's controversial but i have a bit of stand up that um is is yeah it's kind of it's kind of about homophobia and stuff and um i'm 50/50 about putting it online because i think some people don't have the iq for it you know there'll be some people being like mate you cuz so my bit is basically about the fact that up until i think it was 1982 it was technically Technically classed as illegal to be gay, to commit homosexual acts, gay acts in Northern Ireland. And I have this bit about it, but I think too many people are just going to make up their minds before they see the clips. are going to be like, fuck me mate, you can't say that. But but like the joke, the joke is that in itself is so absurd. Um, I know, we'll fire it up. Oh, no pun intended. Um, we'll fire it up. I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching Money Heist, vagina. Uh, I'm watching Money Heist on Netflix. Then here's my plan: I'm going Money Heist. I'm going Afterlife with Ricky Gervais because I love it. But I, I want to wait until I've got Money Heist out of the way. I want to watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan thing, and I want to watch Too Hot to Handle. Because I'm missing like a bit of trash in there. You know, everything else I'm watching has been pretty good. Too Hot to Handle sounds like a lot of fun. I think it's like they take like a load of sexy people, do some sort of remote island. And then they're like, hey, you can't kiss or do anything or like jack off or anything. And if you do, we're going to take money off you. And if you don't do these things, you walk away with a big pot of money. I mean, that's enjoyable. That's enjoyable. Also, speaking of TV shows in islands, was there a TV show or have I made this up? Where Jeremy Beadle, as in, <laughs> Beatles about Jeremy beadle as in small hand Jeremy Beadle. That wasn't a show he had. Jeremy Beadle just had quite literally a small hand. Uh, he had another regular sized hand, but as well as that, he had a wee hand too. Um, but because that was always a joke, wasn't it? Like back in the day in the playground, people go, Oh, Jeremy Beadle has a big dick, but on the other hand, you know, and it, and and it, that joke has worked throughout time, like throughout the ages. But uh, I think there was a show called like Beatles Island or something. <laughs> or this is what or was this a dream of mine? Jeremy Beadle was the guy who hosted You've Been Framed, and he did Beatles About, which was a hidden camera show, and it was fucking savage. Like you know, punked punk being a hidden camera show. Ashton Kutcher that like pretend to a celebrity that like their makeup artist is is really rude or I don't know. Beatles About was absolutely savage. In Beatles About they would pretend that aliens had landed in people's gardens. This was in like, I want to say the early nineties the mid-90s in England. And or or they would pretend to some guy that his van had fallen into a river and the guy would crack up and Beatle would just be stirring the pot. I mean with his with his good hand and <laughs> I'm I'm RIP my man Jeremy Beadle. I'm sorry about that, but you know I just had to do it because uh, no if you that, hand, it would just take way longer. But yes, Jeremy Beadle I think was in this TV show called like Beadle's Island, and they just kept him on this island by himself, and he just went nuts. What I'm gonna do is do the charity read right now for one minute, and then whenever I come back from that, I'm gonna see if Beadle's Island was a real show, and if not, I'm gonna see if Beadle has any kids, and if they would be willing to pick up the mantle. And do Beatles Island. I don't know, maybe I've just lost the plot. But that's that's a show I'd like to see if they're repeating it. Also, give me some recommendations in the comments for this. If you're like, man, there's this show not many people know about. Tell me about it. You know, like, Tiger King could have fallen through the net. But there would be some people who would see it. So is there something good on Netflix that no that no one's talking about, but everyone should be? Tell me about it. Or do we just want to see bank robberies and vaginas or as it's also known money heist i don't know we're gonna do a really quick read and then we'll be back with listeners questions sip sip (music) sippers as you may know we do a charity shout out every week on the podcast we want to hear from anyone who's got a charity Uh, that they're working for at the minute or they're just doing some sort of fundraising even if it's a bit crazy and outside the box get in touch with us tea with me podcast at gmail.com we'd love to give you a little bit of a platform for that because there's not many sponsors around at the minute so in light of that we'll just get a load of charities in and try and do something good This week I want to give a quick shout out to Chest Heart and Stroke who are a local charity. They've been working with people in Northern Ireland for over 70 years. Over 80% of their work is funded by public donations from local people and the money they raise is spent here. So it all stays within here. Their mission is to prevent chest heart and stroke illnesses in Northern Ireland and care for those already affected by them. And their vision is Northern Ireland free from chest, heart, and stroke illnesses. So um, if you want to check out more about the chest, heart, and stroke, it's nichs.org.uk. nichs.org.uk I know people who can attest to the great work they have done. So um, if you are in a position to make a small donation, or if you want to find out more about them, head over to their website and uh, and have a, have a read up on, on the work that they do. Cheers guys, back to the pod. Sippers, welcome back to the second half of the Tea With Me podcast. This is the listener's question half, where uh, you're not going to believe this. I hope you're sitting down, but I answer listener's questions. There we go. Who'd have thought it? People are getting in touch with this week. The Sippers have spoken, and this is what they're saying. Anthony McLaughlin says, have you heard of the Velvet Hattrick? Now, to me, without doing any research on that, the Velvet Hattrick... Sounds like either uh, an indie band, like a kind of Paul Weller type band, or the indie hattrick could well be a sort of sex thing, like a weird sex thing. The Velvet hattrick trick where like, who wears velvet? Like magi- or magicians? Like where three magicians tie their dicks together and rub it on someone's shoulder. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find out. Velvet hat Velvet hat yeah, they sound like guys that would support the jam velvet hat trick, oh yeah, I think it is a sex thing, uh, yeah, it literally is, so I don't know how close I am, with the magician thing, um, wow, wow, thanks, thanks for that my man, um, basically the, the definition of that is, of a velvet hat trick, is apparently, using all three female orifices, at the same time, there you go, Anthony McLaughlin there, gentleman, poet, sipper, um, Buenas Aires, Tommy says, by the way, he he said, have you heard of the Velvet hat-trick? And then tagged Gareth Maher. So I don't know if that was supposed to be just a private conversation between Anthony and Gareth. And the next message in the thread was going to be, want to check it out. And then the next message was going to be, yes, when? And then the next message was going to be, post-lockdown. And then the next message was going to be, okay. Meet me a chance ring. I don't know, but either way, hope you're having a good lockdown, my man. When is Aires Tommy says, "What about a tea with me episode with Keith Cruz and Mike McGoldrick?" Yeah, some people have asked this before. Would I do any of my <laughs> hilarious comedy characters on on the podcast and like interview them? I don't think so because I've seen stuff like that before, and it's weird. You know, I think it's a bit weird. Like it's a good idea, but it just kind of. I don't know it's maybe a wee bit indulgent as well. You know like you're going like look at this plethora of greatness that I've I've made. These phenomenal characters who are basically all the same but just different ages and have slightly different voices. Um I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a bit like doing them live as well. Like some people say, you know, would you do a live show with your characters and I think it would be a lot of fun, but it would it would um dilute my own stand-up too much, I think, you know, it would, um, I wouldn't want people to be confused about what they were coming to see, you know, if, if they're like, oh, I'm coming to see you live, it's just going to be me doing stand-up, you know, that's my main thing, that's what I'm best at, just doing sort of straight stand-up, I've done Mike McGoldrick live before, maybe five or six times, about five years ago, and and further back, and it was, it was always good, but... It, w- it would be weird to me to do more than one character on the same night. I don't know, I just, I sort of like being able to pick up the characters and do them whenever I fancy it. As opposed to like committing to doing them. Like I would say if I did, if I did the characters like live on like some sort of tour, I would just be sick of them by the end of it. And it's also like really difficult to write material in character. Because it's not your natural thought, if that makes sense. So I know what I would think about lockdown or whatever. But by the way, post-lockdown, I'm not doing any material about lockdown. And the first time I said lockdown there, I don't think I said lockdown, right? But the main point is I'm not doing any coronavirus, any lockdown material. I don't think people are going to want to hear it. I'm just talking about weird stuff and other things. But um, yeah, I think the idea of... so. Mike McGoldrick is obviously very different to me. The main difference being a blazer, that's the only difference between us. No, um, you know, it takes a while to be like, what would he say about this? What would he think about this? Where it's, it's easier to write for myself because I go, oh, I know what I think of this because all I have to do is think about it. I don't know whether that was, that was a great or a terrible answer, but thanks for your question, Tommy. Uh, Living the Dean. good Twitter name, says, would you rather have a million pound in cash or have the ability to be your own Wi-Fi beacon? As in, would you rather be the router and never have to worry about signal no matter where you were on earth? I think it would be handy to be a human Wi-Fi router. But then again, a lot of guys are like kicking off about 5G. And I think a lot of guys are like cutting down 5G pylons and stuff. I don't know if they're pylons or, t- or like tars, But uh, yeah, people are like cutting them down. So I would worry if I became my own Wi-Fi router. I don't even know if that's what you're saying. Um, but I worry that like a lot of guys would spray paint me with like 5G kills. Um. So probably take the million pound in cash. And then I would just buy like a wee dongle. Dongle was a, Dongles, I don't know what they were. I think they were maybe like flash drives, like pen drives. Dongles weren't said for very long. Like there was only about two years where people were saying dongle regularly. But I think that's a word we should have preserved and we should bring back. Like let's start calling something else a dongle. Like lamps, like I've got a lamp in this room. Let like lamp. Well, like we've been saying, lamp for far too long. Lamp, we're do- You know, no one gets it. No one gets a root whenever someone says lamp because it's such like an old word. It's been around for so long. Lamp, you know, it's not even that satisfying to say. Let's let's call lamps dongles. You know that'll make the game a bit more exciting. Switch that dongle on there. Oh, cheeky bastard. You know, so I just think we should we should switch words up a wee bit. And I know that wasn't your question, but thank you very much, Sean. Let Sean has a based question. He says, "Tetley or Panjana?" For me, I think I was raised on Tetley, but now I can I I'm more of like a support local guy more. So um, I think I would go Panjana. I want to say Panjana or a local company. Panjana are probably better. Yeah, I'll go. Look, let's go. Let's go punjana. Punjana's, punjana is fun to say. Pun punjana. You know, it sounds vaguely sexual. Let me see your vagina and punjana. You know, enjoyable, but I like the way Tetley guys, you know the way cartoons. I like them. They were a lot of fun. Jimmy Johnson says, thoughts on Trump? Um My thoughts on Trump are kind of I think nowadays, right, you have to just fucking enjoy things a wee bit. Like, if you look at the bleak reality of things, it's a depressing world out there. But if you just go, you know what, I'm just going to like, I'm going to put the feet up here and have a laugh with this. Some of the stuff Trump says is funny. He doesn't mean it to be right and it shouldn't be, and you shouldn't be saying that stuff if you're the president. But there's something about it where I just go, you know what? I could get bogged down and being like, that's a president shouldn't be saying that, knowing how this guy get elected because fucking loads of people voted for him. So there we go. Let's accept that and then let's just enjoy some of the funny things. And the other night we were having dinner and we watched Trump quotes, like different quotes. He said, for about an hour and a half, and then we watched George Bush ones, and it was hilarious, the number one George Bush one, is whenever, and it's mad that there'll be some people watching, going, who's that, George Bush was president, two presidents ago, and there was this day where, George Bush, like you, we all know that phrase I think, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, no, <laughs> Uh, I I went to take the piss out of George Bush for being a stupid bastard by getting that phrase wrong and I have said it wrong. I think he said, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Now, I don't know if that's a phrase and I've really fucking mugged myself off and I've gone a bit red because I'm so mad with myself, but... George Bush, when he was president, bear in mind, I'm not president, so I can get phrases wrong, alright, I'm just a full-time Northern Irish comedian, so nothing's going to happen, I'm not on the world stage, you know, although this is fucking one of the most popular podcasts around at the minute, but that's not important, it is important and it's class and thank you, but George Bush, when he was genuinely the president, was given a press conference and he said, there's an old phrase where I'm from, I don't know if you have it here, but bear in mind, he was like 50 miles down the road, of course they have it, he goes, uh, fool me once, Shit. shame on you. Now, you could tell at that point he'd fucked it and he was struggling. And then he said, fool me Full me once, can't get fooled again. Now, what was funny about that is he just fucking realized, admitted defeat and just sped it along. And I love that so much. Fool fill me, fill me once, shame on you. Fill me twice, you can't get filled again. I love it, he just flipped it and tried to move on. Always enjoyable to me. Uh, Rory Woods, one of my good comedy chums, Rory Woods, says... And by the way, Rory has a podcast called the Woodstock Podcast, which you should really check out. He says, most underappreciated Man United players ever? And Stevie Nice has, uh, has jumped in as though he were this podcast host with the answer. He said, Dennis Irwin... Um, I'll not talk about football for too long, because some people don't like it. You know, some of the sippers are like, no, I don't like football. I like fucking cricket and dancing. But uh, (laughs) just one really sassy cricket guy. Um, But yeah, Dennis Irwin is a great shout, but Dennis Irwin wasn't underappreciated. Like, people were like, nah, solid as a rock, wand of a left foot. I have Irwin 3 on the back of an Old Man United shirt, thanks to my mate, Gary. But um. Most underrated United players, Um, I'll just answer this as quickly as I can. I'm going to say, shit, I'm going to say Andy Cole and Dwight York, because as much as people love the Cole and York thing, it's kind of forgotten about a wee bit now, but I have never loved a strike partnership more than Andy Cole and Dwight York. Always playing with a smile on their faces, best mates. Dwight York was going out with Jordan. Love that. Andy Cole was just call the goal. And I like the joke that uh, that Andy Cole sort of birthed uh, in the playground, which was someone would come up to you and go, did you hear Man United are selling coal? And as a big Man United fan, you'd be like, what? And the person would go, yeah, two, £2.50 a bag. You know, because the joke was that they were selling actual coal. Now, that is, with hindsight, very funny. But at the time, it messed with your emotions a bit. And then, if if the person was an absolute banter merchant, they would follow it up with this. Yeah, and also, Blackburn are selling flowers. And by the way, you wouldn't click on. You wouldn't click on because you're a fucking idiot child. And you go, what are they? Flip, he's really good. Are they selling him? Yeah. And the person would go, yeah, they're selling flowers. Blackburn are, yeah. 150 a bunch, you know, and no one really. That's the sort of joke whenever you're in P4, you pretended you got it, but you didn't get it. You'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, ha, mad. And then you would just go about your day being like, that's a ridiculously low price to sell a top goalkeeper for. And then the, somebody would explain to you, you'd go, no, he means they're selling like flowers, like flowers you pick out of the ground. And then you would laugh and go, oh, right, yeah. But then your thought for the rest of that day would be, Why is a football club selling bunches of flowers? And why are Man United selling bags of coal? But that's just the way it was back then. You get smarter though. That's a great thing about growing up. Your brain develops. Um, We got more questions. One more football question. One more football question. One more football question. The ra- the the waffle. Sorry, I said the r- the raffle. Um, <laughs> that's such an old guy thing to call something that's supposed to be the waffle to call it the raffle. Uh, favorite Irish league memory. My favorite. See, here's the thing. I haven't been to too many Irish league games, so I can't really say. I've been to a few cup finals whenever I was younger. Just because a couple of my mates were big Glen Torren fans and still are big Glen Torren fans, I was at the, I was at the the Glen Torren cole Rain game, the cup final in about I don't know two thousand and two or three, and I just remember Jimmy Nesbitt being on the pitch, going absolutely bucked aft when Cole Rain won. So probably that I really enjoyed that because I couldn't work out why why he was there, and now that I'm older again. When you get older, you realise things. I was like, alright, he's from Corian. He's a big fan. But at the time, I was like, does he being in cold feet? And then does he also play for Korean?" But uh, yeah, that was that was probably my best moment. But I don't know. Like I love watching... I obviously watch a lot of Irish League when it's on. I don't miss an episode of Final Score on BBC. I did like it when that young goalkeeper bounced over the, uh, the fence in the Warren point game this season or last season and just started scrapping with a load of fans. I just jumped in like a wrestler entering the Royal Rumble at number 30 because uh, he's like 17 or something is he, the keeper and then somebody after was like because I'm obviously a member of Irish League fans on Facebook which is a, a forum where people just get at each other and it's phenomenal and some people were like aye because they were slabbering at his dad. and all fucking class see if somebody was slabbering at my die just go here knock that in the head what I wouldn't do is jump over a fence and fight 60 guys but I enjoyed it. You know, people are like, you should get in loads of trouble. Nah, that's great crack. That should be allowed at Irish League games. There should be like a wild card where keepers don't get in trouble if they points over a fence and just start scrapping people. As long as the people want to be scrapped with. Um, so probably that. Angela Galloway, nearly called her Angela, says, uh, Angela says, have you watched the program Normal People? I think I'm an... I'm an... I'm an... What's the opposite of Normal abnormal, uh, and by the way, there's a lot of people who, who were like, what, how do you not know that, and they didn't know it was abnormal until I said, have I watched it, not yet, I think I'm one of the only people who hasn't, but it's on my list, I didn't say it earlier, but it actually is on my list, uh, oh fuck, when did you, <laughs> when did you check out that Jeremy beetle program was the thing, yeah, Um, I've heard normal people, is class, a few, of me, a few of my mates in different like WhatsApp groups and stuff are like, definitely check this out, it's really, really good, although I've heard it's a bit Blue. you have heard it's a little bit dirty, so um, we'll we'll have to check it out. I hear that there is a guy from Northern Ireland in it who's apparently class. So um, maybe we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll chat to him and see if we can get him on. Normal people star Paul Mescal is stunned as James Corden revealed the BBC drama changed my life. Um, yeah, well, people are absolutely loving it. It's I, I watched the trailer; thought it looked great. So I I will I will check it out I will check it out. Normal people. I'll I'll watch it. Um, I'll watch an episode or two before the next podcast and report back and let you know what I think. But more importantly, I just want to see if Jeremy Beadle was on his own show. Jeremy Beadle with the wee hand. I want to see if he had a TV program where he was like stranded on an island. Jeremy Beadle. Oh no. There's just loads of stories about him dying, which is sad. Jeremy Beadle TV appearances. If this program didn't exist, that's mental. There's a program called Celebrity Sleepover. You couldn't have that now because there's too many dirty bastards and all working on TV and all. Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't think that this this show ever existed. Nah, people do the funniest things. You've been framed. Honestly, I thought there was a TV show where Jeremy Beetle was just on an island. There was a show called Win beetles Money. That's just a game show where you could get some money from beetle Oh, listen to this. Why have I never heard of this? Any cash scored by the players would be deducted from Beatles bank, which started at a grand. Uh, I, I love that. The beetle was just bank in his own, I mean it definitely wouldn't have been his own money but Beatles Bank sounds like a place you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't deposit your money, uh, Beatles Bank because it just sounds a wee bit dodgy uh, and there we have a lovely person being like the, episode, the last episode of the podcast was really good, thanks yeah, uh, Maddie Carton says, what's your thoughts on You love, you. You love capital U, capital U love Um, I don't know what that is I don't know what that is let me google it Um, is it University of Ulster? You you love. Uh, Anonymous Confessions. Oh, like, is it like one of those overheard pages? Overheard of Queens. What do you think of this? Uh, think of that. I mean, one out of 50 of those is true. It's like Cosmopolitan magazine. Or when when any, any fellow comedian has a hilarious conversation with someone in their family and there's a punchline at the end of it said by a child. Hey. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. It was just it was just a nice thought but it didn't happen. Um so I I, I don't know Mark Kelly who is an Irish league footballer himself. Mark plays for Newry City. He says favorite guest you've had on so far in Me podcast and who's your dream guest. My favorite guest so far um, I'm going to be a dick. I mean, you just know I'm not lapping this. You know I genuinely mean this when I say it. Everybody has been class. There's no guest where I've gone, oh, fuck, that was tough. Honestly, like anyone you've seen on the episodes, if I look like I'm enjoying myself, I'm enjoying myself. I would say um, the episode that obviously like blew up more than the rest was the Jamie Dornan episode. Um that sort of propelled us into like the Apple charts, like into the, the whole UK top forty, which is which is nuts. So I think that one probably stands out to me the most for the reason that, like all the rest of them, I think it was funny. I fucking had loads of fun doing it. But I had been like me and Jamie had been chatting about doing something for About six or seven years. Should we do like a sketch. Or an interview for something. And it just just never. It never really like happened. For for one reason or another. Like obviously being like a top actor. He doesn't know what he's going to be working on. From one year to the next. And he might get a call to like. Go to Australia for three. It just didn't happen basically. But we always sort of kept in touch here and there. And I'd actually be able to do the episode with him. And him to, like everybody have had on, be just so generous, was uh, was was great. So so they all stand out, I, I, I mean that. If there's one that I don't enjoy, I'll be honest, I'll say. You have you have my word. Um, my dream guest, I don't know uh, if I'm just shooting for the stars, Mick Jagger. I would love to get Mick Jagger or Harry Styles or Mick Jagger and Harry Styles on the same episode. Because I'm a big Rolling Stones fan and a big Harry fan and One Direction fan. In fact, Niall Horan would be great as well. Actually, I've asked him to do the podcast. So we'll see if anything can be done there. So probably one of those boys. Uh, Matthew Murnin says, could you talk about this? PSNI are probing the sale of UDA flags for the health service. I, I could talk about that, Matthew, but I won't. Because, you know, don't be starting anything with the paramilitaries, basically. You know they're they're probably doing a lot of admin at the minute. Those paramilitary guys, you know, I'd say they don't have many jobs on at the minute, so they're probably just making a list of bad boys. They've got a they've got a you know fucking sort out. So I don't want to be on that list. So uh, yeah, big up the NHS. That's we'll just we'll just leave it there. We've got uh, what's this here? What's this here? Oh yeah, just people just sharing out that video. That's cool. I like that. Zach says, Oh, hold on, it's we TikTok. As his posh character, Mike he runs the Boytown podcast with fellow comedian Dave Elliott. And he has a YouTube channel that's home to many viral videos, his character sketches, podcasts, and even two free. Uh, Zach's. That... Thanks a lot, Zach. Uh, you, Zach has done a TikTok of me. I don't know if that's a phrase. I'm going to write thanks a lot, mate. I don't know if he's really mugged me off in it or what, but it just seems like he's just like explaining to people who who I am. So cheer for that moment. I still don't know what TikTok is yet, even though I have it. I put a couple of fucking dancing videos on it, obviously, but I don't know what the crack is. Craig Yates says, When Mr. Boris eases this lockdown, <laughs> by the way, Craig, I mean, I think you're from Northern Ireland, maybe, but like the way you've said that makes it seem like you might be like a middle aged African taxi driver. When Mr. Boris sees this lockdown, and I enjoy that a lot. And things return to normal. What are you looking forward to most? I think um, I have so many grand plans of like, I'm going to go swimming in the sea and I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to go and do this and do that. I'll probably just do exactly the same stuff as I, as I always did. I'm looking forward to going out to restaurants with friends. I'm looking forward to hugging family I'm looking forward to just literally being able to do what I want, cause I do what I want, mate. All right, Conor McGregor. Um, I I just kind of like like the idea of not being restricted by government rules, but at the same time, I like the rules. And whenever the the um government stuff came out, just there, I haven't actually looked properly into it yet. But I think they're extending the lockdown by three weeks. I'm like, yes. That's what we're all about, boys. That's what we're all about. But it's just, it's nice to, like, you take it for granted that you can just go anywhere at any time. And, um. but it is weird because, I think I talked about this in the last podcast, I'm less and less tempted to, to like, go out and do things that I would have done. Or, like, I have less of a want to, at the start of lockdown, I was like, I can't wait to just go to Nando's with all my mates. But right now, and by the way, we could all go, all my mates and me could go because it'd be a table of four. But uh, now I'm sort of like, yes, as much as I would love that, let's just leave it a while longer. I think if the lockdown got lifted tomorrow and they were like, Nando's is open for the boys, I don't think I'd be rushing down. So I don't know. There's loads of stuff I do want to do, Craig, but I don't feel the need to just go straight back into it, if that makes sense. Thanks for your question. Sorry, I probably answered it in a really bad way. Um... The Belfast guy in China, big uh, big favorite of the podcast, says, "Will the virus lockdown actually change your outlook and perspective on life and how you spend your time? In reality, um, maybe. Like I think it has. I think it has made me more productive. You know, spending time, putting out videos and writing and, uh, you know, using this using this camera." This camera that I'm filming the, the video version of the podcast on, I have had this camera for years, but I haven't really ever used it. I've relied on other people, and I will always work with other people, like Michael and Aaron, who are brilliant video makers, and we I love doing sketches with them, but I can still do the, the more basic sketches by myself, as long as there's just one person in them. Um, there's no excuse for me not to do that. I would always be like, oh, I need someone to help me shoot this. I can kind of do things myself, I'm actually okay at editing as well, like, I'm basic at it, Uh, but I just, I think I'll back myself a wee bit more to be able to do stuff on my own, and, uh, I don't know, it's been really nice to, like, spend more time at home, like, it's not like I'm away six nights a week or whatever, you know, I, I do go football training, and I go and do gigs and podcasts and stuff like that, so I've spent loads of time at home, and that's been great. Um, and there's a lot of people who are like fuck's sake get me out of here I'm actually loving that part of it and I'm loving being able to do more podcasts and all that but I am looking forward to being back in our studio because we just got that before lockdown Um, changing my perspective not really I think I've always had like a decent outlook like I'm I'm happy with my outlook on life but it's just reaffirmed me I guess that I, I, I love socializing I love seeing people and I'm a bit sad to be missing out on that, of course, but nothing too big. James Brown says, Hey, James Brown, baby! Not that James Brown. Uh, You mentioned before you went to Campbell. Do you have fond memories of school and do any funny stories jump to mind? Would you ever consider going back and giving a talk about your career? Um, Yeah, I did. I did go to Campbell until fifth year. Um, Do you have fond memories of school and any funny stories jump out? Um... Yes, I do have fond memories of, of going to school of, of of my time at Campbell. Um, I wouldn't say I fitted in massively. Like I would say, I did feel, um, like the things I was really into that didn't, they just didn't cater for. Like it's it's a big rugby school, um. And you can tell by my complexion, like, I'm not a rugby guy, like, I'm honestly far too cute to play rugby, and I was also so small at school. So, I just didn't like rugby, like, I was obsessed with football, and it seemed mad to me that we weren't allowed to play football. But I get now that, like, obviously the school wants to win the school's cup, and has a big tradition of that. But it was tough to not play football when you hear that your mates that were going to other schools were just flat out playing on football teams and all that. That was tough. Um... I do have fond memories. I feel like my outside of school friends remained my friends, and I I definitely did have a good amount of friends in school, but um, it was okay. It was it was it was tough not going to a school that uh, had girls. You know, it was like it was an all boys school, and that was difficult because, you know, when you whenever you're like, in your teen, like your early teens. You just wanna be well. Personally, I just wanted to be around girls. Like I like being silly around girls. I like trying to impress girls, and I actually liked like being friends with girls at that age as well. And of course, you know, you were you were, you know you were wanting to impress. You wanted to make sure the hair looked good and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but whenever you went to an old boys' school, I was happy to just rock in with bedhead every every day because like you weren't trying to, you know, you weren't trying to get the the sideways glance from any of the boys. Um, so. It was it was a it was a really good school. Like don't get me wrong, good school. Um, I think I struggled a wee bit academically because I did I did have the power to be to do better academically, but because I I would have been in like the bottom class. And um, whenever whenever like they they put you, they ranked you in order of like how smart you were, and they would have put me in the bottom class they were the most disruptive classes, don't get me wrong, I was like, I was kind of part of that disruptiveness at times, I'm sure, but um, but it just, I don't know, I, I think I would like to have gone to like Prairie or, you know, a school like that, where maybe like, I would have, I think because there was such smart people that went to Campbell, as well as idiots like me, if if you weren't one of the smart people, I think you just sort of switched off and I had this thing where I was like, Oh, I'm not smart enough to be like I, I may as well just mess about, you know. So um yeah, I do I do have I do have real fun times as well and still fond of a lot of people that I went to school with. Do any funny stories jump to mind? My first ever fight, I had like a proper arranged fight with David Carvel. Shout out to David Carvel, Um who I was like mates with and honestly one there was this weird thing where, like, one summer in between, I think it was first and second year, um, I came. Yeah, it was like the first day back of second year, and a few guys that I'd been mates with, like, were were suddenly really weird with me, and like giving me the cold shoulder a bit, and I just kind of thought that was weird, Didn't didn't think anything of it. Thought it was a bit weird, and then I think David now David Carvel may well give a different version of events here. But I think on MSM Messenger one day, because of course everything started back then on Messenger. Um I think he started like slabbering at me on MSM Messenger in like the first week back of second year. And I think I maybe like said something back that he didn't like. In fact I know I know I did. I think it was like a like your Ma type thing. In fact it was that and then um, because I didn't know what else to say. Um and he was like, you know, fuck we're gonna fight. And I said, all right, let's fight. And it was like properly arranged. There was a crowd of about 150. And fifty, it's a fond memory now because it was the worst fight of all time. Like I remember he had the advantage. He, he'll dispute this, right? But, and by the way, we, we like became friends again, like shortly after this. And like, if I saw him out now and stuff, I'd, I'd love to chat to him. Like he's a real nice guy. But for this day, we fucking hated each other. And he came down a, a, like a hill To fight me, I was already there. I was just, you know, working with my pad guy, you know, and just throwing a few punches. He came down the hill, so he had the advantage because, like, the momentum was physically behind him, so he started throwing punches on his way down the hill. Took me a while to get back in the game, and then at one point, we we were just throwing punches back and forth, but we had, like, Jeremy Beadle, like, small hands, so, like, no one's punch was doing damage. And then at one point, I just, like because I just thought it would be funny, I just open hand slapped him across the face, and a lot of people were like, that was so sly, and I was like, I know but we were having a full fight, so, um, yeah, and I just remember a chant of dildo sausage, broke out during the fight, because people were bored, I think that was led by my man Michael Ralph, who was just like, let's just let's just get a bit of entertainment going here, so that was a fond memory, but school was, school was good, I enjoyed it more towards the end, like fifth year, whenever I was like, I don't think I'm coming back here, but, um, but Campbell, like there was a lot of good at Campbell, like a lot of really good teachers there as well, good people, uh, would I consider going back and giving a talk about my career? Absolutely, absolutely I would, yeah, if they if they want to do that, uh, if they if they want to be like, don't follow this guy's career, uh, yeah, of course. Do we have more questions? Uh, oh shit, yeah we did, but I deleted that one, um, I didn't mean to, sorry to whoever that was, but I have no way of knowing who you were. Uh, So there we go folks Um, Got through some questions there Again these solo episodes right I hope I know they're different to the guest episodes Because the guests, like I'm trying to just be on it And be funny all the time And like uh, you know Constantly like ask questions These solo ones are just like Me opening my brain And just pouring it out And uh, yeah I just I don't know if it's laugh a minute But hopefully you find it in some way interesting uh, Because I really enjoy doing these these solo episodes. But we're coming back with a guest on Wednesday. Friday will be me doing the solo episode again. And every Monday, let me plug up one more time. Me and producer Dan do a Patreon episode where we pick like a different theme or topic and we do like a full full episode on that. And also on the Patreon, there's a lot of cool stuff if you want to sign up. Patreon.com slash Tea With Me podcast. Uh, what else do you have to plug? Tonight, if you're listening to this on the day that comes out, Friday, it's our last show on BBC Radio Ulster, the rave lockdown, six until half seven. Um, Really bittersweet. That seemed like I was going to burst into tears, but it was just kind of like half a burp, even though I can't actually burp out loud, which is a good thing to not be able to do, because, you know, rude. Um, But it's bittersweet being the last one, because I'm really looking forward to people hearing the last show, because I think we're going out with a big one. But it's tough, because... We, we have like a 10 week deal on Radio Wallster and it's this is the last week of it and then there is a show already pre-programmed to come in after us for for a 10 week run and uh, we just we've had like the best time on Radio Ulster like we we normally do the Shane Todd show where we do like features and uh, games and play a bit of music but a couple of weeks ago we were just like fuck it let's just play old school dance and Radio Ulster went uh, that's fine go for it and it is blown up it has become this, I was going to say a movement, I'll be realistic. It's become this well-supported thing where so many people who maybe weren't listening to Radio Ulster are suddenly saying like, I've just discovered this or they they see the tweets about it and they've, they've come over because we've said we're doing the show and um, it's something different and I think people have started doing what what I do, which is sort of like, make it like the start of your weekend, people are like, Friday night, they have, a, they have a drink, they have a bit of a dance in the house, people send in videos, and we share them back out, and uh, it's, it's been one of the most satisfying projects I've ever done, because it is a tremendous feeling, whenever everybody is in this weird, frustrating, sad time, of lockdown and you're able to play these songs that i love because i love old school dance and we're getting to play some of them are good some of them are cheesy some of them are a bit debatable but me and me and dave me and my best friend are able to play these songs have a bit of banter back and forth and people are like it's the highlight of some people's weeks and i'm, I'm and it's the highlight of my week too and same with dave and uh and we've just we just really, really, really loved it. I think it comes across in the program, just how much we love it um but that happiness is contrasted with the sadness of this being the last one. We've looked at every possible way, like I've asked the question, is there any way we can continue it and I just uh I've just been told it's you know it's not possible um so. It's the last one. And it, it, is, like, it genuinely makes us sad. Like it properly makes us sad. And uh, I know it'll be emotional being the last show. Uh, because it fe- not that it feels like we're letting people down. But I just, I hate the feeling that we're like abandoning people in a way. And that maybe sounds like over the top or exaggerated but every feeling is exaggerated during this lockdown so us feeling like fuck we you know we're not able to do the show anymore because there's nothing else going on that feeling just for me gets magnified and uh yeah it's tough it's tough to take that this is the the last one and look the show could come back but you know we're just in this time it feels like we're doing something important uh it it feels like important radio like um someone gave me advice when i was starting radio which was make make it feel like this is important for people uh and i didn't know what that meant until we started doing this rave lockdown so uh i'm i'm really looking forward in a way to the last one because uh because it it it's there's fun associated with that. It's like we're we're trying to make it like the last day of term, if that makes sense. We want to make it the best one yet. We want to play fucking cheesy music where you go. Normally I wouldn't listen to this, but look, I'm I'm at home in the house by myself. Uh, I'm a wee bit sad talking about it, and I don't want to end the podcast on that note. But just know that like if you listen to the rave lockdown, or uh, or or you're gonna listen on Friday for your first one. It's been a complete riot doing it. Like me and Dave have had, and producer Mark have had the best time. If there was any way for us to continue it, we would have done it. Like we exhausted every possible avenue. Like spoke to different people about it. It's not possible. Uh, but if you get a chance to listen tonight, it's BBC Radio Ulster, six until half seven. It would mean a lot to us if you're If you if you listen and you're on board, and hopefully if you're in lockdown if you're maybe having a bit of a shitty time it's not going to make everything better obviously you know i'm not saying that but for uh, for an hour and a half it might put a smile in your face thank you very much for listening to the podcast or watching if you watch the uh, video version on youtube we're putting out two of these a week um it's 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 been great for me to do these as well you know uh, just doing the podcast and sort of feeling the, feeling a connection with everyone on the merch front we may have that sorted been chatting the material goods and uh, we may well have that sorted. We are talking about, get ready for this, a uh, cup and saucer. A tea with me, cup and saucer. But we'll see what happens and we will get that sorted. When I know more about it, we'll, we'll put that out. See you next time. Enjoy your tea. Sip, sip. All the best.